0: The Capital Weekly podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, welcome to the Capital Weekly podcast. Uh, my name is John Howard, and I'm joined today by Assemblywoman Tina McKinner, a Democrat, 62nd District, who's um, a newbie. They all look younger now. I can't stand. She's elected in June. So she's been around a few months, but she's got some uh, major league plans. And we wanted to ask her particularly about the bill. So uh, Assemblywoman, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, John. Good afternoon. Well, I am a newbie. I've been in office maybe about five months now, and I'm not quite that young, but I'm a newbie too. I'm a new <laughs> legislator. So, <yeah>. Fair
0: enough. <laughs> so one, uh, one of the reasons we want to chat with you was because um, a major bill last year, at least a bill that got a lot of attention last year, went down in the final day of the session and would have allowed, would have established collective bargaining for legislative employees, did some other things as well. Got a lot of attention as I said, it seemed like it went through the legislature uh, with not a whole lot of opposition. AB 1577 by Mark Stone, who is uh, leaving the legislature. And You had mentioned, I believe in a tweet, that uh, you'd like to reintroduce that bill. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, So are you going to do that? And what do you you want to see in that bill?
1: Well, I would tell you on the last day of um, session, uh, what I witnessed in that committee was shameful and embarrassing. Um, The soon-to-be former Assemblymember Cooper embarrassed himself and this institution by trying to be cute and kill the bill without hearing it on August 31st. I was... Mm -hmm because this bill is very personal to me. I was a staffer myself for several years. When the bill was finally heard, it appeared that he almost took joy in killing the legislation that would have helped um, the very staff that worked for him. It was uh, uh, um, just awful. Um, And it was at that moment that I realized, well, if if it's not gonna happen today, then I will just reintroduce the legislature, uh, legislation myself this December, and that's exactly what I plan to do. Mm-hmm. I will introduce the legislation to give um, legislative employees the choice to join a union um, when the 2023-2024 legislature is sworn into office on December.
0: What do you think it was? Uh, why do you think the the Sonda went down? Given the level of support, I was looking at one of the analyses, and it had everything but the kitchen sink, Statewide Labor Fed, BCTC, California Nurses Association, the firefighters, the LA County Labor Fed, SEIU. I mean, they had a whole, it had the entire posse out there, which are the, these groups are the underpinning of democratic support. And yet um, the bill went down. What What's your theory on what happened there?
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know what, why this didn't happen. I'm just looking at it as an issue um, of legislative staff having the choice to unionize is long overdue. Um, the legislative staff—they're not looking for special treatment; they're looking to be treated the same with the same respect as any um, um, public employee. I used to be a public employee myself. I worked for Laco, and I know what it's like to work as a union union member. You you just feel really comfortable in in a public agency. Um, it's hypocritical. As legislators, that we ask our staff to write legislation and staff bills that expand collective bargaining rights for other workers in California, but we intentionally prohibited our own employees from the um, from the same rights. I don't know what we're afraid of. Are we? Af- I don't know. That, are we afraid to pay our staff equitable? Are we afraid um, of a safe work condition? Are we afraid of our own employees? I just don't know what what the fear of um, of collective bargaining is.
0: I think, um, I'm just sort of reading between the lines here, but I did see a quote from Jim Cooper, uh, Labor Employment Chair, where the bill went down, um, that he didn't want to have his fellow, his colleagues make a hard vote. And I think by that he meant uh, many of his colleagues have strong support from labor. The Democratic-controlled legislature has strong support from labor. He didn't want his guys going out and having to vote Against something that they that labor really supported. Does that make any sense at all? Well,
1: that does make sense. And you know, I just don't understand the hard vote. It's it's it, this is common sense. Extending collective bargaining rights to legislative employee is just the right thing to do. Um, I don't understand what the hard vote is. I think it's a simple vote. Uh, we 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 want our employees to feel safe at work. We want to make sure that we we can hire. Really good staff, and it's hard right now because it's a hard place to work. We don't have we. I'm still talking like a staffer. We right. don't have those protections. We don't have. We just don't have those protections. Rules, as you heard in the committee, the rules committee is set up for the to protect the members. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of them here to protect the staff. So we look. We have to make sure that staff can come on. It's a professional place. We want to cut we want staff to be able to come in. A lot of them are very young. I wasn't even young when I came to the Capitol to be right. a chief of staff, but most of the staff are very young. And we want to make sure that they're protected, that they have they have good living wages, because that's what we fight for, especially Democratic. We're, we're majority Democrat. We want to make sure they have good wages. We want to make sure they're not working under a bullying and intimidation. And we want to make sure that we can recruit and keep. Really qualified staff, and it's getting very hard to do.
0: One of the issues that always comes up in uh, legislation dealing with collective bargaining is not only who's covered, but who's not covered. So, in in your view of this, what would be uh, what would be some exemptions? Are some of the ranking supervisorial employees, chiefs of staff, ledge directors, for example, maybe senior consultants? Are there is there a group? Um, that would not be covered. I'm thinking if they're covered and they went on strike, the legislature would come to a screeching halt. Uh, What's your take on that?
1: Well, my thing is, well, if we're doing, I understand there could be striking, but look, if we do the right things, we don't have to worry about that. But we may, I I haven't sat down and looked at the complete way we're going to um, um, write this bill this time, but we may, keep the, the, the consultants and the chief of staffs not being covered over, um, covered in this. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at where I used to work before in LACO, some administrators were not covered under. They could not do a collective bargaining.
0: When you worked in the legislature before, and now you're uh, elected now, what's, what's your t- has the work environment changed at all has it ch- over the years? Has it changed into something else? Is it basically the same as you remember it? Are there, are there differences out there? What do you
1: well, think? I think? After the Me Too movement, the We Said Enough movement, we have seen some change. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I feel like there are, there are some changes. It's a little more professional because when I came, came um, in and I think that was, I can't even remember the year 2016, I felt like the Capitol might've been one of the most unprofessional places I've ever worked. And I've worked at DPSS, Los Angeles County Office of Education, law firms. And I was like, wow. This is really not that professional because each office sets up its own rules. It's just a lot, right? I think uh-huh. we can uniform um, things, make things more uniform from office to office. So I have, but I have seen a little change since um, we said enough. But what I have seen, noticed too, since I left and came back, was there's not a lot of people knocking at our doors to work for us as it used to be. Uh huh. And so that's, that's an issue.
0: The, the Me Too movement brought out a whole, for a while, it was covered intensely. I've never seen anything covered that intensely, really. And, uh, some of the stories, many of them publicly signed, signed by people who had been in the Capitol and worked in the Capitol, uh, were pretty amazing in a negative way. And is that something that, unionization or uh, collective bargaining can remedy or is that something that you need administrative control or laws and different laws to address those things? What What do you think?
1: Well, I think the bullying, intimidation, sexual harassment, that's kind of stuff. I'm hopeful that we can slow a lot of that down um, with uh, collective bargaining because we'll have some union reps on site that represent the staff. Right now, there's no one to represent the staff. No one. You know, rules represent the members. Mm -hmm. Um, We heard in committee that, I can't remember who right now who said it, but I remember in committee, um, it was said that rules are there to make sure that our 120 members are protected. Mm -hmm. And so who protects staff? And so that's what collective bargaining will do. We will get reps on site, that would be able to speak for staff. And that's super important.
0: One of the issues um, that was raised in the analysis I thought was interesting was um, what happens when staff members are covered uh, and certain uh, supervising staff are not covered, but staff members as a whole are covered. And you have a situation where the chief clerk isn't in the collective bargaining, but hey, the staffers at the clerk's office are, what happens when they say, you know, we're going out, this is a wildcat strike, or this is a labor action, and the clerk's office stops functioning. You can imagine, the pan- it's pandemonium anyway, but if, they, if there was no clerk's office, we'd all be dead in the
1: water. Listen, every off agency that we work with in the state, the city, the county, they have collective bargaining. We don't own cities. I work for the county. I work for the county department of social services in my career. We, I worked for the um, Los Angeles County Office of Education in my career. At the Office of Education, we never had a strike because everything was going well. Mm-hmm. The Department of Social Services, we did strike at some, at some point. I was a shop steward. We did strike at some point, but, you know, it didn't shut everything down. We didn't strike for a long time. I mean, listen, if we're treating our staff correctly, we, we, sh- we should worry more. We have to worry about taking care of staff. Uh-huh. Make sure that workers have a safe place. I mean, if, they, if, if we're treating them so horribly that they have to shut the state down, something's wrong with us, seriously. So that's just like these boogeyman types of things. It's like, oh, what if the state can't run anymore? The state is going to run. All we would do is we couldn't pass any bills, correct? Or maybe pass the budget, but I would hope that that would never happen because the, the members could still go, guess what? We could still read. <laughs> we can still go in and read what, it, what these analysis and stuff. If, if all of a sudden we're at the end of June 30th and it's time to sign the budget, members can still go in and vote, mm-hmm. right? We don't need we don't necessarily need a whole. I used to I used to work as a as a, um, a, a deputy director at a nonprofit. I only had one person working for me. I did a lot of work myself. So these people, these members, are very qualified and educated to read and do their own work. And so if the, if the staff went out, we could still pass the budget. Because we're not going out on strike.
0: You think, is there any way the bill that was, uh, that didn't make it last time around, which I think it's had three or four times in the last five years, uh, yeah. is there any way that bill could be, is there anything you saw in that bill that could be improved that you, when you do yours, is there something you like to make sure is pointed out and, and uh, you know, defined?
1: I don't. I don't think the, the the bill need to be improved. I just think we need the political will to want to uh, give our, our staff members the right to have collective bargaining. Yeah. I actually think the bill was good. I think Lorena's bill was good as well. Miss um, uh, Lorena Gonzalez carried it for I think three times and I think her bill was good. I just think that we have to, with the new pe- members coming in and the members left, I think that we can get this done. I think there's the political will to Um, make sure that our staff have a place to work that's safe, um, free from bullying, and have um, livable wages.
0: Is that the sense you get from constituents too? You're newly elected, pretty much newly elected. And uh, so you've been in touch with your constituents and you know who voted for you and how they voted. Is that their sense? You get that? That's their will as well. They want this in?
1: Yes, they, want to, they don't want to see folks not um, being treated fairly at work. They go to their jobs. Um, and so, I, no, I don't hear any backlash from um, unionizing. Really, listen, this is, this is an inner, inner office, inner capital bill, right? There's no lobbyists on the outside trying to stop us from doing this. There's not our, our, our constituents are not trying to stop us from doing this. This is the will of the members. The members have to step up and say yes. We give our staff the right to um, to unionize. Look, uh, as we look around, uh, we are seeing legislative staff unionizing in the Congress, and we are seeing legislative staff unionize in states across the country. It's time for California to join Oregon, Massachusetts, New York, Washington, and allow our staff to organize if they want to. Mm-hmm.
0: You you mentioned that starting a movement like this in D.C. As I understood it, um, Me Too really had a D.C. component in it. And as it as it started there and sprouted there, it was part of an effort to unionize workers at the congressional congressional level. Um, But it caught on elsewhere, obviously elsewhere in the country, several cities, including Sacramento. You think that white heat that existed three, four years ago is now is still with us? Is it still is that movement still as strong as it was, do you think? Or absolutely.
1: not? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It is still as strong. We, we set the pavement. I signed the letter. I was one of the women 139 women that signed the we set enough letter as well. I stood up. Um, and so I do think that that movement is still strong. And I do think um, these folks would stand up for this bill as well. We have a lot of people around the Capitol ready to organize around this now. We have a lot of staffers that have left and gone on to do other things, but they haven't forgotten their experience in the Capitol.
0: Mm-hmm. I think reporters in the Capitol who followed that too, got the same sense that it it, it was re- very strong and it peaked. And then it kind of went sort of a sense of quietude. It didn't get as much coverage. A lot of other things did. Pandemic got coverage and all kinds of things as well, but didn't get as much coverage as it had and then there was a story and i'm sorry i can't i think it was a time story maybe wrong but it said despite these gains the administrative machinery in the assembly to deal with complaints that people had strongly wanted um were in effect but really weren't doing a whole lot. they weren't that effective Do do you have any sense about that one way or the other if you had a staff member complaining or someone else did and with a me too sort of complaint would they get Redress uh, their grievances,
1: yeah. you know? Yeah, nope. no, no, that's okay. I went me, but I wasn't in the Capitol. That's a whole nother story we'll talk oh. about one day. But <laughs> Okay. But no, I still, I still think it's going on. I really do. I'm not saying uh-huh. sexual harassment per se, but just bullying and intimidation, it's still going on. Mm-hmm. Because we're very, you step in, we're very powerful people, right? Mm-hmm. And you have these young folks that come in from college Thinking they're coming into a place that's professional. I'm sorry that my phone does this. I don't know how to disconnect my phone from my. <laughs> um, okay,
0: it's good background. You, it's all right. Okay, um,
1: you know, and they come in and they 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 they're they're and then they they run into this type of stuff. Not every member has this this, but the few that do, we don't want that. We want to make sure to protect workers. Look, I've been working I, at 19 years old. I became. I mean, at 20 years old, I became a shop steward for. at at Department of Social Services. I was a SEIU shop steward. I've been fighting for workers my whole adult career. Um, I've even gotten fired defending workers when I worked at the party, at the CDP. And so I I will tell you that I'm not gonna let up on this one. Um, I've been staffed and, you know, they shouldn't work under these kind of conditions. People should be able to come in. It's the law, by the way, and we're lawmakers. People should be able to work in a safe environment, and the capital is not always a safe environment.
0: Okay, fair enough. Tina uh, McKinnon, thank you very much. McKinner, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, good luck with the bill. Thank you, John. Uh, hopefully we won't see your blood on the floor at the end of the next session, so we'll see how it goes. But again, thanks a lot.
1: And maybe we could talk in the middle of the year as it gets going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll take you up on that. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. The Capital Weekly Podcast is produced by Tim Foster for Open California. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week.